What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Fit, Healthy, and Most of All Happy podcast. I'm your coach and host, Josh, here with his co-host and co-coach, KG, and I'm on the mic. Today, we got another incredible episode of Motivation Monday coming at you, coming at you strong to start that week with some fire. And as always, I think there's no better way to do that than to jump into the quotes in the week. I love quotes because, you know, I find they're little snippets that can really get you thinking, that can get you feeling something, that can give you inspiration. And, you know, there's a lot of power in that. And you can channel a lot of goodness, you know, even just pondering quotes, thinking over things. So I love sharing that every week. I know a lot of people do enjoy it. And, you know, as always, if you have a quote you enjoy, I would love to hear it. Hit us with a DM at Colossus Fit, C-O-L-O-S-S-U-S-F-I-T. I love hearing everyone's favorite quotes. And sometimes I actually feature them as my quote of the week there. But for this week, my quote is something I heard this week. Very simple. It's more so just a simple saying, but I really do believe in this. And that's to stop waiting, start living. I think more than ever, you know, with COVID and everything going on right now, you know, everyone's kind of waiting. When this is over, I'll be happy. Oh, when I can do this. And, you know, I've learned more and more that who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Like all I can take care of is today in the present. And if I can maximize, you know, my situation with what I have available and stop waiting till I have the perfect gym, just crush the workouts at home, you know, stop waiting to place my happiness on when I have this, I'll be happier. When I do this, I'll feel better. Like, no, that's not it at all. You know, another quote I really love and I actually have pinned up beside me is uh, happiness is wanting what you have. It's just such a simple but elegant quote um, because it's exactly that, right? If you can want what you have in life, you're doing well. But if you're always wanting something and you just continually want something, it's going to really limit your happiness. And it's not to say that you shouldn't have goals or big ambitions, but I think there's a lot of beauty and power and just, you know, living your life, taking control of what you can and working towards something, but taking those actions in the day and just really appreciating those actions more than anything. Yeah, so well said. I have to catch myself very often when I'm kind of like, oh, in five years, I'll do this or five years, I'll try that. And it's kind of just like, why not now? And I find a lot of times, you know, obviously, we talk to a lot of clients and a lot of people who are looking to sign up for coaching. And we'll hear a lot of that stuff like, well, in a couple of years, I think I might start doing this. It's like, well, you know, obviously, dependent on your situation, for the most part, you can at least do something now. And I firmly believe it. But um, my quote for the week is remember that life is full of ups and downs. Without the downs, the ups would mean nothing. And I just thought this was like so awesome when I came across it. Um, if you don't follow us on Instagram, we will always be sharing like different quotes within tweets and just like on our stories and everything like that. So you can check that out. Colossus Fit, C-O-L-O-S-S-U-S-F-I-T. And we shared this the other day and I was like, man, this really, really resonates with me. And it's just like a lot of times people are only like looking for those like ups and like those like happy moments and those like wins and stuff. But at the end of the day, like when we have those bad days, when we have those losses, when we have those failures, that's what makes winning and accomplishing something mean so much more. So when you go through that, like, you know, period of time where it's just like, it doesn't seem like you can win no matter what, just remember that it's preparing you for winning and it will feel way better because you've had those, you know, losses and just those like issues and trial and error and all that good stuff. That's it. Yeah. If you can appreciate the highs and the lows and, you know, sometimes I think there's merit in just looking around and saying, wow, like things suck right now. You know, a lot of bad has happened. You know, I've had those moments and, you know, I also like to think, you know, when a lot of bad happens, I know some good's coming and just the same, you know, I hear people all the time be like, my life's too good right now. I'm a little bit concerned, like if something pops up, but you know, that's why if you can appreciate both situations in their own way, like Obviously, when things like downs, they suck, but it's good to have challenges to overcome them. And, you know, to overcome a challenge is a great feeling in and of itself. And I'm a big believer that if you can actively, you know, maintain your positive habits 
in tougher times when things are good, it's super easy. You know, you're like prepping yourself for that time. So, you know, obviously you'll never really appreciate, you know, bad things happening or downs, but once again, they kind of create who we are. They create and shape our experiences. And, you know, if you can learn to kind of utilize them for what they are rather than appreciate them, that is, uh, you know, that can go a long way. And that's definitely something I appreciate. And just the same, you know, when life's really good and you got a lot going on, take a moment and say, okay, things are going really well right now. I feel good. And then maybe when things aren't as good, you can remember back to how great you felt when everything was in line and you were crushing and things were all together. And you know, you can get back to that point too, right? Like having that optimism can really help you battle through uh, that hardship. So that's a pretty excellent quote there. Um, as always, we do have the quotes listed in the show notes of the episode. So you can check those out. Um, you know, it's really clean now in Spotify. I don't know about iTunes, but everything looks really, really good there. Also, if you're curious, we do have our podcast listed on pretty much all major podcast players. If we're missing one, you can just uh, shoot us a DM and we'd love to get it on there. Like if there's somewhere you like to listen to your podcast and we're not there, we're always happy to try and make sure we're everywhere you want us to be. Uh, so it's nice and easy to listen. So once again, any comments, questions, you want to share a quote, hit us up on Instagram at Colossus Fit, C-O-L-O-S-S-U-S-F-I-T. And that brings me perfectly into my client shout out this week, which is Megan. Um, Megan has been crushing it. We've been working together for eight weeks. Uh, you know, she reached out for the glute gains promotion a while back. And, you know, she wants to see some change. She wanted to recomp. She wanted to grow her glutes while tightening her waist. And, you know, if you look at her Instagram, you can see that's exactly what happened. You know, she crushed it. She's been all in. It's only been eight weeks, but we've had some crazy progress. I think she's lost six inches of fat in her waist which is just phenomenal. She's hitting new PRs and she actually got reached out by a supplement company because she's been doing so well. And she actually did a photo shoot for Cellucor, which is so, so cool. And she was in such a great position because she was all dialed in. She was taking advantage of the coaching. She crushed that shoot. She had a ton of fun. She said she met some really big name people in the industry. And it's really cool to see once again, momentum. When you find momentum, you're unstoppable. And it's been so great to help her out. And you can check out her transformation on our Instagram at Colossus Fit, C-O-L-O-S-S-U-S-F-I-T. And I guess we kind of jumped over the weekly thoughts and the recommendations. I know had Kyle, some, Kyle had something to say here. So what do you got? Yeah. Um, hey, Megan, amazing job. It's so cool to see. Uh, we have a special message today as well. So you guys will love that. Um, but yeah, it's amazing to see people in our community just absolutely crushing it. Um, the weekly thoughts, recommendations. I just had like one little thing because I was doing my group call the other day and we were talking about like where calorie expenditure actually comes from. Now, this may sound a little bit more advanced and everything like that, but trust me, it will make sense. So once again, like Josh and I always hear different statements from people. Like I'll hear a lot of people say like, oh, you know, I shouldn't be eating much today because I, I didn't work out or I didn't do as much movement. And like, I wanted to explain this just so people get more context of like where calorie expenditure, like where your calorie burn actually comes from, right? In order to create a calorie deficit. So typically speaking, 70% of your calories are burned just from living, from sleeping, from breathing, from essentially it's called your basal metabolic rate, right? So 70%, which is a pretty high amount when you think of it, you know, um, another 10 to 15%. I know Josh loves this one is called NEAT. It's your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Simply speaking, that's from tapping your feet, from walking around, from parking your car further and taking the stairs, like, you know, taking those extra steps. Um, the next 10% is thermic effect of food, which is uh, essentially just the calories burned from like um, having to pretty much like um, eat your food, chew your food, um, 
essentially just get rid of your food, like all that stuff. And then the last five to 10% is exercise activity thermogenesis. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is because like, that's a small percentage, right? Five to 10% is just from exercise. And the tips that I had for like um, our coaching clients is like, these are the three things that I'd recommend based off of like my findings of this. Well, I didn't find this, but I came across it is having more muscle absolutely helps um, burn more calories and will allow you to eat more. So that will account for more just calorie expenditure from your basal metabolic rate. The number two thing is that when it comes to like the non-exercise activity thermogenesis, like really taking advantage of walking more and like parking your car further and getting a step counter and like taking the stairs and stuff will add up way more than most people think. Even for me having a standing desk, I actually burn way more calories because I'm kind of tapping my feet more and moving my arms around a bit more. And believe it or not, that makes a big difference. And then last but not least, protein makes a big difference because it's actually proven that it takes um, three times more effort to break down the protein and to digest it uh, versus carbs and fats. So just a small little like scientific thing I want to bring up like in our coaching group calls, we'll always have different things and topics that we wanted to talk about. And this is something I just recently talked about. Um, so those are my takeaways and that's what I, you know, went over with some of our clients uh, the other day in a group call. Yeah, no, that's absolutely awesome. Uh, you know, one fun thing I did find though, I forgot to say, like, I know there was a huge study as well. So I know someone's going to bring it up. And once again, there's always two sides of the coin, but I know that there was a study that said that standing desks actually don't help you lose weight and they don't make you any healthier, or more productive. Dang it. And I know, I know someone's going to say it, but I also Googled it and you actually do burn more calories standing. It's a hundred to 200 versus 60 to 130 sitting. So, Hey, that's a benefit. And I actually really agree. I think Sitting in particular gets really old. I respect people that use standing decks. You know, I'd like to get on that level one day because I do think it's awesome just to practice standing more. It's just a better position for your spine, especially slouching. You know, that's something I'm guilty of when I sit. I love to slouch. It makes me nice and happy. But even if you are going to sit, you know, it is a better habit, you know, as I have my back pressed uh, against my chair, of course, to actually try to sit up to brace your abs and to have your back being held, you know, by yourself. Um, if you can limit it, you know, slouching, leaning in weird positions is going to do worse for you. But I do absolutely love things like, you know, little different things like that. You know, if you like a BOSU ball, it's a small thing. Hey, all these little things add up big same with the standing desk I think it's incredible and you know this is what's funny too about studies like there's a million studies and I mean I wouldn't expect it to have any significant difference but even in your head like I think there's so much merit in thinking you're doing like a healthier thing if you're like okay, I'm making this one wiser choice it'll motivate Kyle to make another wiser choice and like it just carries on and on you know especially like eating a healthier food you don't like you're like oh I'm healthy I'm sure we've all had that and then you just want to keep eating healthy foods you know you feel really good and you know there's a lot of merit in that too so that's another fun thing but I knew someone uh, I know someone's going to say that I know the article's called sorry but that $1,100 standing desk won't make it thinner <laughs> It's funny because I actually didn't buy it for that purpose. Like, um, I actually just bought it because I found that like I'm sitting all day now, you know, with just our coaching Agreed. stuff or coaching calls. So like, um, when I had to buy a new desk, I searched on Amazon and it was only $400 like Canadian, which was pretty cool. Um, but I love it just because like, yeah, after a while, my back, like my posture, just like uh, most people get so lazy after a while, like you're sitting in your desk for long enough and you start to slouch forward. Um, your core is not tight. Whereas like when you're standing, like you're forced to keep everything essentially nice and tight. So, um, I found it like it was a direct write off and it was like a great investment for me and I love it. Um, but yeah, that was funny that you brought that up. Definitely the biggest thing though, is just walking 10,000 steps is a great number that will account for a lot more calories burned than you think. Um, and that's like a huge part of meat, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. 
Yeah, no, you nailed that. And that's exactly it. Standing in general, I think it's just such a great thing. I even like that the Apple Watch you know, reminds you to like breathe. It reminds you to stand once an hour. Like another thing too, like I remember in one course we did, uh, you know, the teacher was saying that, you know, if you think of the average person's day, you know, we jump out of bed, we go grab a coffee and we do whatever people tend to watch the news or start working. They sit down while they do that. They get in their car, they sit, drive to work where they sit in the cubicle for eight hours. They come home. It's been a long day of work. They sit down and watch TV till they fall asleep. And if you think about it, it's like, Ooh, when's that person standing? Like we're sitting too much. Right. And that's why a lot of people have really tight uh, hip flexors. A lot of people will have, um, you know, interior public tilt, like a lot of things can be caused from this. So, you know, examining your schedule and saying, you know, can I stand more? Can I walk more? And that's why I love the step count. I think there's just a lot of merit in that, like to actually be able to actively be like, Ooh, I'm only doing three or 4,000 steps. I need to, I need to raise this. I need to get moving, you know, like awareness is power. And that's why we have our clients weigh in a lot and these different types of metrics and same with standing. I do like that about the Apple watch, even though it only has you stand for like a minute. Sometimes, you know, when you're deep in your work, it can be three hours and you can just be sit slouched forward on a computer and that does, you no good. So I think that's absolutely excellent. That was a great breakdown of uh, TDE. It's really cool learning where expenditure does come from and knowing the significance of uh, each percentage of what you're doing. Beauty. So my man, let's jump into uh, the questions. Why don't we, unless you had anything else you want to address, I'm, I'm ready to crush it. No, I don't really have much this week. You know, it's been a pretty mellow week. Uh, we've just been getting some stuff done, you know, obviously get really queuing up some amazing um, guests for the podcast. It's been pretty awesome. It's definitely been a bit of a building week, which has been fun. Uh, we're always building out on our end, you know, seeing how we can do better, be more involved, help out our clients more. And I really just wanted to make note that, um, you know, I'm so uh, enthusiastic about the incredible results I got Megan here over these last 60 days. And, you know, Megan isn't an exception to the rule. We get everyone fantastic results. Everyone's going to progress at their own pace, of course, but we want to help you go from good to great. And if you want to get results like Megan, you know, and you want to look back, um, you know, 60 days from now, uh, at today is that day you made that jump into coaching uh, and you're ready to see some change. You know, if you want to strip off 10 to 20 pounds of unwanted fat and, in five, and add five to 10 pounds of new lean muscle, um, then you're exactly what I'm looking for with this glute gains promotion. So just go ahead and DM me glute gains on Instagram. I'm going to take care of you. Um, I'm really looking forward to help some more people get some incredible results just like Megan. So once again, um, the keyword glute gains is in the top of the show notes as well as the direct link to my podcast. So you can check that out there. So I just want to go ahead and throw that in before we jump into the mailbag. But now we're going to jump into the first question of the week which is what are your personal goals right now, Kyle? My goals are just to, to move, to feel healthy. I actually, once again, I mentioned this recently, but like I realized I don't think I've taken an actual day off from like, um, I want to talk about like how I don't believe in rest days and make a post about how, you know, I believe in active rest days and, you know, just get everyone talking about it. But um, I'll save that for another, another day. But, you know, just simply moving to feel good. Simply, that's my biggest thing that I'm looking for right now, especially with like the new lockdown is just to like, you know, feel good to move. Um, that's my biggest and most important priority. And that's been going really well. I'll find time every single day to go for, you know, a, a close to a one hour walk, go for some runs, do some workouts at home. Um, and then I've recently set the goal to do a full marathon by October 4th in under three and a half um, hours. So that's been kicking my butt. Um, started training for that last week. And then like within that, my goal isn't to like become like super skinny and like weak and stuff like that where like I find a lot of times that can take place when people train for stuff like this so like I still want to strength train three to four times a week um, but I do want to lose at least eight to ten pounds because that'll make me faster and just 
feel better for summer and everything. So those are my goals and I'm excited to start working towards them. There you go. Yeah. Right now, obviously things are a little bit uh, tough with the gym situation, but on our YouTube, we're going to chronicle. I'm really pumped to build a garage gym. So I'm really excited to kind of build out everything I want there. Um, I'm at a really great place where I've been able to maintain my weight around like 219, uh, which for me is like a little bit heavier than when I'm really lean, which is like 210. Uh, normally I sit around 215. And the reason I've done this is because I know I don't have less access uh, to a gym. I have less access to heavy load training. So, you know, just the same, I don't want to like start cutting right now per se. I wanted to, and then, you know, kind of went against it because, you know, cutting without as much active volume as I've been doing is a recipe for me to definitely lose some muscle. And I don't want to do that. I want to maintain as much muscle as I can. So right now I've been doing a lot of high frequency training. You know, I got dumbbells, a kettlebell, um, one barbell with no weights. I've been maximizing that. I've been lifting with, um, a lot of different friends, which has been really cool and kind of just crushing it in a park or whatever, and really just pushing the intensity there. But I'm really excited to get right back into strength training and shredding, uh, very similar to the goals we had before. Really excited just to build a really great physique, you know, power building in general, where I'm looking to get nice and strong. I'm looking to maintain a lot of muscle mass and get nice and lean at the same time. So, you know, it's summer. I just want to be, uh, you know, big, strong and lean. And that's definitely what I'm really looking forward to achieving, which would be pretty awesome. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, we're always setting goals. And like, even if our goals aren't like massive, like there are times where Josh is like, yo, I want to squat 600. But then there's also times he's like, I have this goal in particular. But like, I truly believe you always have to have something you're working towards, even if it's to a lesser degree. I actually just the other day did a story about how I feel like most people do struggle like with their journey. Like now that I have the marathon I'm training for, like every time it's so much easier to get out there. Um, whereas a lot of times I'll talk to people, they're like, Hey, I want to run more. And it's like, but what does that actually mean? So like, we always talk about this. It's the smart fitness goals. Um, S stands for specific M stands for measurable. A stands for attainable. R stands for realistic and T stands for time bound. So really when you're setting those goals, when you're actually thinking of like, what do I want to accomplish? Those are the five things you want to check off. You can Google it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, you know, once again, like we're not, you know, having all these clients like set goals and stuff and us just sitting here like, yeah, you know, I think I just want to like, you know, work out once a week. And it's like, no, we actually have goals and that's why we get such great results because we do what our clients are doing as well. Um, so with that being said, another great question, we get asked a lot about reverse dieting. It seems like it's coming up over and over and over again. Um, so I wanted to just, we wanted to address this today. Um, the question is, I hear a lot of talk about a reverse diet. How does it work? Uh, and when, and when should I do it? I believe that's what it's supposed to say. When should I do it? So yeah, I mean, that's a great question. You want to, you want to take this one here? Uh, you got it. I think I usually talk about the reverse. So I was excited yeah. to kind of let you jump into it. Like reverse diets, I think, I think it's like a fancy, essentially just to break it down. It's a phase after the fat loss phase, the weight loss phase. It's like when you essentially need to bump your calories back up to replenish your, you know, hormone levels, like get your metabolism back and just get you to a healthier, more manageable weight. A reverse diet is simply a way to get you back there um, with a more strategic approach. So for example, let's say someone loses after 16 weeks, they lose 20 pounds and they are down to 1300 calories you know, essentially at a certain point, you have to bring your calories back up. You want to kind of go to maintenance. You want to take a bit of a break from just always eating such little food and just like, you know, maybe even at that point, your neat levels will be lower. So you just won't be moving as much and just, you may not be feeling your greatest, of course, depending on your situation. So a reverse diet is when you slowly increase your calories back. Um, and this is where it's very situational. And it's like, some people are like, Hey, how much should I increase every week? And it's like, 
it depends. There's some people who can do it 50 calories a week and that's just what works best. But it also like if they're a smaller person, if they're not as hungry, you know, that's a great way to do it. But there's some people who are like, yo, I need more food. I want to bring it back. And you might go hundred to 200 calories per week to get you back to maintenance. Um, a reverse diet could last a couple weeks. It could last almost a month or two, depending on your situation. So the biggest thing that you need to keep in mind is that it's very context dependent. And like, sometimes people will ask us like, Hey, can you like, can you just tell me how I should reverse diet? I'm like, well, it also depends on like the rate of, of, you know, just like your situation. It's like, okay, how are you feeling? Like, that's why having a coach comes in handy. Cause I'm like, okay, how are you feeling this week? Okay. Let's bump it up. Okay. What's the scale looking like? Have you gained seven pounds? Have you gained zero pounds? And the goal of reverse diet is to gain as minimal fat as possible, right? You don't want to just increase your calories all the way back up to maintenance or above and just gain 10 pounds within the first week or two. Um, if possible, you would like to, it'd be better to do it a bit slower and competitors are an exception because those people are like absolutely starving and they're just like, they need to get back quickly. Um, but once again, it's just a great strategy for post diet um, instead of like, you know, cause you can't diet for the rest of your life. So you have to have a game plan. Um, so I know this is a lot, once again, that's what we're here for as coaches is to help you through this. If you're ever like, okay, I think I need to reverse diet, hit us up, ask us questions. We'll be there for you. But typically speaking, it's a lot easier to help you when like I'm part of it, when I can see your spreadsheet, when I can see your, my fitness pal, when you're sending me those bi-weekly photos, photos, when you're updating measurements, like that's how we can do our reverse diet best. But I do believe it's the best approach for 80 to 90% of people after a diet versus just gaining a ton of weight and bringing your calories back up to maintenance. See, there you go. I knew you'd crush it. Kyle nailed it. Um, you know, I love, especially how he said, like, listen, it's not, you know, directly simple, if that makes sense. There's more nuances to it. And you can't just like, you know, you can't just say, oh, this is what this person did. So I'll do the same thing. Like, that's why we make a lot of our active changes with coaching on a week to week basis, because things pop up. You know, I always like to say um, the body is the boss. You know, at the end of the day, I'm trying to make changes for someone. They're doing it for themselves. But our bodies will do funky things. As we know, hormones are such a unique thing. You know, our reaction to food, like all these different things need to be taken into account. Energy levels, um, you know, stressors in life, you know, sleep, uh, all these different things, training intensities, like these are all factors that need to be monitored. And if you think about it, there's really thousands and thousands of things, uh, you know, that can impact results and energy levels and hunger and reverse sciences. Diets are very finicky. I love helping people with them because I have such experience with it. But it's one of those things too, where you, when you have more experience, uh, it definitely makes it a lot easier. And it's something you can be a lot more consistent with, which is pretty awesome. So that's something that I've really been able to do, uh, being able to enjoy to do to help people. And it's just, it's been a great experience for sure. So Kyle nailed it. You know, once again, if you'd like to learn more about that, you can just shoot us a DM on the Insta and we're more than happy to help you with that. Yeah. So, and one thing, uh, sorry, I just actually wanted to add this because this is where I find a lot of people struggle is they go through an amazing fat loss phase. They lose the weight and then they never know what to do afterwards. And that's where they end up. You know, Josh has mentioned before how we don't have a weight loss problem. We have a weight regain problem. And I just think it's due to not having an approach afterwards. And that's why if you reverse diet, if you have help from us, and if you're just like, okay, here's my goal. My goal is to get my calories back up to maintenance and gain only two pounds. Like that's incredible, right? So really focusing not only on the fat loss phase, the weight loss phase, but the process after is way more important. <laughs> so yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like it's just super easy. Like losing weight is probably less hard once you get your momentum. Um, but like really coming out of it intelligently and making sure you're not putting on a ton of weight 
is, you know, a big part of that journey and something that really needs to be considered. Uh, so definitely just one thing to think about for sure. Um, and that brings to our next question, which is alternative to lunges are killing my knees. So once again, this is something where I need more context. Where I see people going wrong is like a lot of the time I'll see people have really weird foot angles and they'll be all off their center axis. You know, they'll have weird rotations where it's causing their knees to cave in. Um, some are squatting when people's knees cave in. They go, oh, my knees hurt. Why is that? Like, you know, generally you can pinpoint these types of things. If you have a history of knee problems too, like another common mistake I see is people when they do lunges, they'll just let their knees smash to the floor. Like on that negative, you know, you really want to be in control, get nice and tight to that floor um, without really pushing it. And, you know, make sure you're operating in a natural path for your body. So a lot of the time I'll see people kind of smashing their knees. I'll see their placement all out of whack, but this is very hard where it's hard to talk about it without visuals because it's just going to get really lost in translation. Um, but if you search Colossus Fitness, how to lunge, we have a whole video on how to do lunges effectively. Um, I know Kyle loves lunges, split squats, all those different things. So curious to see if you have any other uh, pointers here. Oh, this one's tough. Um, I'm trying to think like, you know, if there's a specific move, movement that like really bothers you, like the first thing, like Josh said, is just to kind of address your form. Like that's where obviously um, we come in handy with our coaching clients is always send us form videos and we'll take care of them there. Um, but you know, I'm a huge fan, like, you know, just taking it back to the basics. If, if it just doesn't work, like, especially for a lunge, like there are so many alternatives. And obviously that was like your biggest question. I've had a lot of clients who just for some reason, um, well, a few clients actually lunges don't work for them, but like any sort of like squatting variation works for them. Um, you know, when it comes to goblet squats, when it comes to front loaded squats, when it comes to even as weird as it is like Bulgarian split squats, like for some reason, when you start doing that, their knee pain goes away. So one thing you could do is just try out different movements. Like I'd say a split squat for the majority of people where your legs are just like spread apart. A lot of people ask the difference between a lunge and a split squat. A lunge is where you're going back and forth and you're alternating legs. Whereas a split squat, you're just simply, your legs are split apart. You can search Colossus Fitness split squat and there's a video there and you're just going up and down. For a lot of people, that doesn't cause them knee pain. Um, but once again, like lunges is typically work the quad. So it's like, you know, I know a lot of people are working out from home, so I don't want to start telling you about machines and like different things that you could do there. Um, you know, a leg press could be a great alternative. I find that doesn't bother too many people's uh, knees. If you do have access to a gym, believe it or not, quad extensions, like for people who get knee pain with lunges, it ends up being okay as long as you do it once again with proper form and you're not just like, you know, rushing through the movement. So just once again, address your form. And if it just, it doesn't seem to work, there's like, that's the cool thing about fitness is there's so many other options that it's like, okay, if this doesn't feel... The greatest okay let me try this but alternatives like you know any sort of squatting could be good um and just yeah once again that's kind of like my biggest tips if you ever want to send us a form video or something hit us up on instagram um and we'll we'll be happy to talk to you further within your current situation but don't ever feel the need to just always do this like movement over and over if it's just not the best for you there are some movements that i find just aren't the greatest for some people. And there's a million other ways to do it. Like you can do weighted step ups that'll target your quads. That'll get your glutes and that'll probably feel way better for your knees as well. Yeah. Incredibly well said. Definitely love the answer there. Um, and we love, you know, all these unique different questions. If you got a question, be curious and you don't know the answer, definitely feel free to um, ask us. We're more than happy to help. And the last question here is how do I get a bigger butt and a smaller waist at the same time, Kyle? bigger booty and a smaller waist honestly for the most part i know we've talked about it but like you know just a lot of your clients get through great success with it same with mine is just like usually going for a body recomp like a lot of it will come down to just having the 
the essentials dialed in. And what I mean by that is like, if you're in a massive calorie deficit and you're just burning so much muscle mass, it's going to be really hard for you to get a bigger butt. Like you get a smaller waist, but your butt won't get a lot bigger. So that's why with, within our program, Josh and myself, we'll usually have you in like a slighter calorie deficit. Your waist will get sl- um, smaller, but within our training program and what we call our training program is hypervantage training. We call it that because it's meant to give you an advantage over everybody else. Most people are following a one size fits all program, no program at all. Um, but essentially it comes down to the training volume. Like, are you working your glutes enough? Are you working different parts of the glutes? Um, are you, yeah, once again, like I'll, I'll ask someone, Hey, like how often do you train legs, glutes? They're like, Oh, one time a week. I'm like, well, we got to increase that. And like, I find a lot of times within glute training as well as like people aren't even fully squeezing their glutes, right? Like they're, they're just, it's not activated and it's very hard for them to get a bigger butt there. So once again, the biggest things is just slight calorie deficit, um, within the proper training regimen, making sure you're optimizing protein, you're optimizing, obviously your sleep, your recovery, all that good stuff. Like it doesn't have to be rocket science, but you know, a lot of people out there and that's where it comes with like Instagram is they promise you all this like nonsense. Like that's where we talked about the Instagram influencers the other day and it, it can be tough. Like, you know, these people out there have gotten like, you know, the, the butt lifts and stuff and like just get the right angles and they just, they don't have too many great tips for doing this. And they, a lot of them will actually believe it or not, like just, they haven't worked for it. Right. And we've helped so many people in this scenario. So those are my top tips. Like I could talk about this all day. I know you're an expert on this as well. So you might have a couple other things. Yeah. We've actually done a full episode on this. Um, I can't remember the exact number, but I know we, we have talked about, you know, especially in particular how to add lean muscle while taking off lean fat um, and lean fat while taking off body fat. And, you know, those principles will hold true in particular, like one thing I like, like to do is really drive up glute volume, you know, with the correct intentional movements. Like I said, a lot of people make the mistake of just doing a ton of movements, but not doing movements that move the needle that are impactful, you know, they just do more fluff, right? You need to get in there and do what's important. You need a lot of posterior chain work as well. Um, you know, to really just kind of strengthen that position so you can actually learn to work your glutes efficiently. Um, especially once you get into heavier compounds, you know, you can really see some great development in the glutes and the legs. And on top of that, you're going to learn a lot about bracing and tightening up those abs. But like we said, this is our specialty. We'd love to help you out more with it. But if you haven't listened to that episode yet, it will be linked in the show notes on how to add lean muscle while taking off unwanted fat. So you can check that out there. But today's episode was super informative, a lot of tidbits, a lot of fun facts here. So thank you so much, everyone for listening. Anything to add before we sign off here, Kyle? No, I was just going to say, I mentioned this a few weeks ago. I feel like most people actually don't train hard enough as well. And I feel like a lot of times people will just like get a booty band, zero weights, none of that stuff. They'll just do kickbacks for days and think it's, it's going to work. And to a certain point it will like for the first little bit, but overall to get the results that we get, like you, you just, you have to, you, you have to have more. And that's why, you know, I really recommend training hard, like pushing yourself. Like when you're doing a set of Bulgarian split squats, like push yourself when you're doing like some stiff leg deadlifts, some regular squats, like load up that bar, obviously safely. And I, I truly believe that's, those are the people that get the best results possible. And that's why, uh, you know, we, we get some great success there, but, um, yeah, that's all I had to say. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in today. I think this was a great episode. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, you know, share it to your story, leave a review, all that great stuff. Tell a friend. Thank you once again for listening. We'll see you in the next one. Peace out. Peace and love always.